is a Tuesday and we are ready to tell you so many funny things. We are. And I feel like this minor, is going to be a good one. We don't want to break your innocence on what happens on the other side of being 21. So proceed with caution. Proceed with caution. I feel like it's not even 21 though. I feel like it's like well, maybe, maybe. Maybe. I was gonna say like 18. Once you yeah, but, once you go to college, I think it gets real. Yeah, I feel like it's for anyone. It probably is a little bit different for everyone what age, but you know, at the time when life gets real. Actually, you know what? Now that you say that, we should say when we get into it, what age we really realize that adulting was yes. fun. Yeah. That's that's a good idea. Because I think that's in a, a way. Good idea it gets it's a progression like you get a first slap and you're like what was that where did that come from <laughs> yes Ooh, yes I love that show yourself <laughs> and then I it just never gets so better <laughs> that is the best way to describe it seriously it's like a hit and run at first <laughs> exactly. something happened and you're not even entirely sure what <laughs> today we're going to be talking about adulting Yes. zoning into adulting and the things that suck about adulting and I, I don't know maybe we'll add some, we'll add in some positives so it's not like a downer episode um, but there's going to be a little bit of uh, you know complaining in this episode but please yeah. feel free to um, you know join us in that complaining and also feel free to let it out you know like yeah. I know we're not on the phone with you listening but let it out if you were listening to this episode and you're like oh, I hate this part of adulting, let it out. And they can it make you feel understood. When you see other people struggling, you're like, okay, it's not just me that's trying to wing it this Monday. Yes, exactly. We're all going through it together. Exactly. Um, but first, lesson of the week. Ding, ding, ding. Yes, lesson of the week. How about you do yours first? Okay, this one is... In fact, <laughs> another disclaimer, <laughs> if you like oysters, if you want to continue to eat oysters, skip like three minutes and then catch us again. <laughs> so here, here it goes. So, um, so we have been trying to go to a nice restaurant once a week. Uh, some of my friends just moved here to Utah like one or two years ago. So they're still trying to especially because we missed so much during COVID, we're, they're trying to like see what the city has to offer. And part of that is restaurants. So anyways, last Friday, we went to a restaurant and part of what it's known for is oysters. And I was talking to Sydney, we were going to DJ Max and I was like, dude, I kind of want to try an oyster. I don't know why I feel weird about them because I grew up by the sea. So we eat all kinds of weird things that when people look at them, they're like, you I can't believe you eat that but I don't think twice about it I'm like whatever like it's good and a lot of things look like oysters like mussels and a bunch of other things that I don't know how to say in English but I don't know what he said he said about oysters and she's like no you have to do it and this place is famous for oysters and so I come home and I start looking up what do oysters taste like pretty much just like trying to get acquainted because I didn't know what exactly my issue was with oysters and here it is there's a link that says did you know oysters are alive when you eat them what i tell myself don't click on it at the same time i am clicking on it <laughs> so, 
I click on the link. So you should never eat actually an oyster that's dead. The moment you eat them, they're actually alive. Like they're still alive. And worst of all, which comes into play later on, there's a photo of the anatomy of the oyster and it shows you where the heart is at, like what the heart is within the oyster. So I'm already traumatized seeing that I'm going to eat something that's alive and that has a heart. So I'm telling you, mm. think about it, just do it. So we go to the restaurant, we order four oysters. And the first thing is, so Kelsey says, which one do you want to pick? And I'm thinking, wow. There's something alive that I am going to personally choose and feel <laughs> like they're like I'm looking at them like they're four babies looking at me and she's like, which one are you going to eat? Little so, oyster babies. I'll just pick the smallest one and just get it over with. And I put all the condiments, which they tasted really good. The condiments were bomb. And they all put it in their mouth and I just can't. Like it touched my lips, it felt weird. I just couldn't get over the fact that I knew it was alive. And I was like, dude, I don't think I can do it. They're like, just do it. Just do it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to eat like a little bit of it, like take a tiny bite. And then Megan goes, don't do it because it's alive. So you, it's not going to split the way you think it's going to. Like you're going to bite into it and then it's not going to detach and you're going to feel super weird. And at that moment, I knew I couldn't do it. And just Megan ate it. So just know next time they're alive all the way down your throat. I just oh. can't get over it. I know I really wanted to because it's so fancy and the condiments are so yummy, but I can't forget about it. And another thing is I was going to pick it up with a tiny fork. And as I opened it, I saw the interior and I saw what the image said was the heart. How can you eat it after that? Like it was so gross. Oh. It was <laughs> I, um, so I've never had an oyster. Mm -hmm. And looking at them, I don't know that I would, but I feel like this is the time to out myself. And this is going to be a horror story for you and probably everyone listening. This is, this is a horror story. Raise yourself. Warning. This was um, like 11 years ago, Sarah was at a, I went to an activity at a church with a friend that I knew. And the church was trying to teach like some really nice lesson about how like you wouldn't do, I don't know. It was like, you wouldn't do this if people were telling you to, it was one of those things where like, trust your gut instinct and don't give into peer pressure kind of a a lesson. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, the, the, the lesson was like, the lady had a bag of live goldfish and oh, she no, was no, like I can't okay I literally can't help you she was like oh <laughs> so yeah it was the thing like you're not gonna eat this live goldfish because somebody tells you to right oh. and me being the little shit that I am oh, just trying no. to like I, I'm recognizing that I'm ruining this lady's like lesson plan here no. I grabbed one of those little suckers swimming around in the bag and I just whoop, like plopped it right into my mouth and I swallowed that sucker so fast. No. I didn't taste like anything. I didn't feel anything. But yeah. I remember the sheer look of terror on all of the adults' faces, but all of my peers that were there all started doing the same thing. So this poor little church lady accidentally in her lesson to teach kids not to give into peer pressure, watched like 12 young girls eat live goldfish. So Syracuse, Utah, friends, that's what happens. 
Okay, I'm like. And that was the last time I was at a church setting. That was the last time I was not welcomed back. I how was did not you, welcomed like, back. How did you go for it? Like, didn't you feel like that's so gross? I don't know. I don't. It's not something I would do today, for sure. Like, I would never do it again. I don't know how or why on earth or like what compelled me to do it except for maybe it was the devil but yeah that was the thing that I did I actually did that I ate a live goldfish goldfish trigger me more than anything else on this earth they are my <laughs> nightmare they really are I don't know what it is about them it's oh the biggest trigger for me I can't believe that wasn't it super weird to have it in your mouth I, I like didn't let it sit in there long enough like I just it was like taking a shot like it was just it was fast I just swallowed it so quick but it was yeah that's probably like the grossest thing I've ever done and so yeah there you go I'm I'm outing myself to the world as a live goldfish eater and uh yeah yep that was the thing I did once so there you go between my gross story and your gross story have lost everyone that was listening <laughs> we're sorry we keep it real <laughs> yes okay wow. we'll, we'll come back from that horror story and um i had a lesson of the week but now i can't remember what it was oh no it's back i remember what it is um so i've been telling people at work this i have a backyard cat Oh yeah, and what I mean by that is that, yeah, I I I fed this little stray cat once upon a time, and uh, now this little hobo returns for food like six times a day, mm -hmm. and now instead of being like a skinny little backyard stray cat, now he's starting to turn into like a little fat backyard stray cat, and I, he, I just wish he wants more. I, I just wish it was like, yeah, cool enough that I could like pet him. And I wish we were chill like that, but we're not because I reached my hand out so he could do that thing where like, I was assuming he would smell my hand because that's what animals normally do. Mm -hmm. But instead the little sucker like took his little paw and like wound up the craziest swat that he did at my hand. And he continues to do it. I'm still trying it every day because I hope that one day we can be friends but he still doesn't like I don't know he's getting more used to us but um yeah yeah like now I'm just feeding this animal that I can't even love on you know so okay. my lesson uh -huh. is basically just to be aware of if you're going to feed a stray do it it's cool it's sweet it's all of that but know that it's not going to just love you like I was hoping that it would eventually a lot sooner love me in a way that I could pet him and we could be friends but he doesn't feel that way he doesn't feel that way yet I only suggest this because I know you would care for him so much and would give him a great life why don't you set up a trap I just don't think he's consciously choosing not to live in your house I just think he doesn't know how great it is so I feel like he would scratch the crap out of everything because his nails are way sharp that's and because I just feel like he would panic maybe but I think eventually he would get used to it and he would like it I think cats are happy in homes maybe maybe 
right yeah. now he's just his now he's just our little backyard cat and I I do love him for sure like I've grown to really love him and now he lives in the little house I bought him because for the longest time he wasn't living in there he did he is and now he That's lives close to the door yeah it's like way close to the little door and so he's like definitely growing on it you know he's he's getting used to us and I'm glad that he's finally figured out the the little house he can live in but uh but yeah, he's he's still a swatter and his nails are extremely sharp. Why don't you set his food inside the house next time so he has to come in to eat it? I've tried. I don't know what it is. It's like he the little sliding door. It's like if anything goes past that door, he refuses to to move past that door himself. Oh, maybe. So I don't know. We'll see. Well, I'm still going to work on it. It's been the strangest and most fun little experiment though watching him and just like understanding how an animal becomes conditioned to something because yeah. now like I look at him and if I open and close the door he'll show up because he thinks that that sound means food every time that's super interesting definitely keep us updated yes so backyard cat project going great yes <laughs> Well, adulting talking houses talk adulting yes exactly. talking houses well, um okay the use yeah. what is going on here yeah that's what I was just going to I was like the first time oh man I don't know it was probably so when I turned 16 my parents were like okay you are zoning into adulthood you're gonna go get a job mm -hmm. which I'm very thankful that they did now because I feel like it did definitely give me a lot of responsibility and respect for the money that I earn and it makes me respect the things that I buy the money with and it makes me very thoughtful in terms of how I basically how I use my time because time is money you know mm -hmm. um and so I'd say my first experience with adulting is probably when I turned 16 and it was like you're gonna pay your own cell phone bill you're going to pay your car insurance, your gas. And then my parents actually wanted me to pay rent for a minute. And I love that. It, I really like which, that. Yeah, which is good. But I was, after all of those other bills, I was out of money. Like my little after school ice cream shop job was not going to cut rent. Mm -hmm. And so that was a, a topic of dispute for a moment, but they did still let me live there because I was only 16 and they could not get rid of me yet. Mm -hmm. but I think that that was probably my first experience with adulthood when I was like wait a minute you don't just have a car and drive it you have to insure it too mm -hmm. insurance what's yeah. that yeah 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 I agree do you think if you had you? I think my first time so I remember seeing my parents swiping the credit card and I always thought that once you have a credit card you just can swipe it for anything like I didn't understand the concept of there's only so much and that's how much you can spend. I was like, oh, once I get one of those, mm -hmm. that means whatever I want to get, I just swipe this thing and I can get it. Um, I can't remember how old I was, but maybe, yeah, maybe like 16 or something. I think 16 is when things start sinking in. And I had my first card and I remember thinking, wait, if I swipe it for 18 and I only have 50, I only have so much more I can spend. 
And maybe I was younger than that, but I think I, the, the credit card thing and how it works was the first earth shattering moment where I was like, well, things are not what I think they are, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think the insurance thing to end taxes. I think the first time I had to pay taxes, oof, oof I just, I couldn't <laughs> understand. And, and then I, maybe the first three years that I had to pay taxes and I really understood that I'm going to have to do this forever. Like there's nothing I can do to pay less. Like maybe having kids, but then you have the other expenses, but you're always, there's no escaping to these percentage that they're taking. That's another moment of, oof, like things are not right. they are. And it's almost like once you find out one of those things, you start wondering what other things I don't know that I'm going to find out. So you're almost- Oh like, yeah. Yeah, with the fear of like, what else? And I think the insurance thing is definitely another moment when I was like, what else is there? <laughs> There, there was a moment we were talking to Adam's kids. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, like the topic of money came up and how much things cost. Mm-hmm. And I had explained that you have to pay a water bill and that you have to pay an electricity bill mm-hmm. and that you have to pay for someone to pick up your garbage mm-hmm. and like these little, these little things. And I remember his little face was just oh. so, it was like, that's not fair. Yeah. And I was like, I 100% agree. Like, it's not fair. Like, it's like, it sucks to have to pay for the things that are like absolutely necessary for you to live. Mm. And I always go back to the crap I would give my parents as a kid, but I would be like, I didn't choose. I didn't choose to be alive. Like, this is on you guys. And now I have to pay a water bill, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah I, so that, that's another adulting moment the recognition that like everything you do is going to cost you in some way shape or form yeah that's still honestly okay disclaimer too we are 27 and 28 so we are full adults that pay all of <laughs> all of their expenses at this point and to these right point, and for some years we have been paying and it still gets me sometimes how everything that I do is going to come out of my pocket. Like everything, the water, the electricity, like some part of me somehow still is baffled by having to pay for everything with the money that you make and having to budget. Like, I don't know. Like, I wonder if every adult, like people in their forties and fifties, they also still feel that way a little bit. Right. Well, and it's like, I feel like it's funny the way that you live once you're responsible for all of these adulting things, Mm -hmm. because it's like, I'll get sick and people are like, go to the doctor. And I'm like, no, I'd rather not pay a copay. Like I have to be near death Mm -hmm. to go to the doctor. And speaking of which actually, yeah, adulting hack 101, Mm -hmm. I needed medication a couple weeks ago and I was working and I had a busy day and like I don't have time to like go to the doctor and so I did one of those um what was it called I think it's called k-health and it's an app where you actually text with the doctor it's not like even a video chat like you just text with them and it was so nice it was so smooth prescriptions sent to the pharmacy it was just like that. It was so, so rad. 
highly suggest it. Adulting Hack 101, K-Health. I, I like that, especially because I feel like, sure, some things are complicated. You don't even know where to start and you may need a complex diagnosis. But a lot of times it's like, I have this that I've had multiple times. I just need a doctor to sign here so I can get it. Right, right. Wow. Exactly, exactly. It's, it's especially for those things where like, I know what this is. I know the deal here. Mm-hmm. I just need somebody else to help me get through it. Yeah. And the other cool thing about that K-Health app that I think is good for anyone that doesn't have insurance is that they, they don't require insurance. You pay, it was like 20 bucks for the, the visit. No, 20 only? What? Yeah. 20 bucks. And then, you know, the, the prescription they sent is, doesn't have to go through insurance either. Um, but can, of course, if it was something expensive. Um, but like, I feel like that's super cool because it makes it way more accessible mm-hmm. for people that are, in a bind or, you know, just have a situation that's, that's different than most people. And so if you don't have health insurance, there's an option for you. And I thought that was really cool. That is really cool. I really like it. And yeah, sometimes going to the doctor is like, they close at the time that we're getting off work. How are you supposed yeah. to go? I don't want to take one day of vacation of the ones that I have to go to the doctor for something. Honestly, that's like the worst way to spend one of your vacation days. Right, right. Also, adulting vacation days I love that more and more companies are going towards like a there's like not a set number of vacation days like Uh when you need to take time you take time just because it's it sucks that as an adult it's like oh like I want to enjoy my I want to enjoy some free time and I couldn't do it this weekend because I was busy taking care of all the things that I couldn't take care of during the week because I was working and it just sucks that you have to like set aside a specific day and you have to have the hours through your employer in order for you to even breathe a little bit. That's adulting. This is an adulting complaint number 607. Yeah. Vacation. And then if you're like, you know what? That really sucks. So I'm just going to work for myself so I can have all the vacation days that I want. Then go deal with, you have to have your own back your insurance goes through you. You may mm-hmm. have to even more hours and have less vacation because you depend on you. Like, yep. either way, it has a lot of aspects that suck. Like, it's not like one is amazing and the other one is not. Like, sure, if you work so hard and you make it to the point that it's like you make a lot of money and you can be your own boss, great. But a lot of people that have their own business are small businesses or people that just make just as much as they would do at a corporation, but they have to work a lot of hours. So like, it's like, yeah, it's just a whole different kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So let's see what other, th- yeah, the vacation thing I never knew. And that's another thing that sometimes feels hard still because it's like taxes. You realize for the rest of your life, you are going to have to pay taxes no matter what. And this is the same, like, unless you do something about it, which is not guaranteed is going to be better for the rest of your life. Every time you want to go on a vacation, your employer has to give you time off. And that was a hard pill to swallow also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so true. Or like, I don't know. I remember at my first job finding out how much money would get taken out for social security 
and like those kinds of things it was I don't know as a kid it's not something you think about you're not thinking about social security at 16 but now here it is like taking most of your paycheck which is one of those things where like I'm sure I'll be thankful for it later on but another suck of adulting mm-hmm. yeah another another thing of adulting is I remember when I was younger I couldn't wait like we ate pretty healthy at home so I couldn't wait to live on my own and be like I'm just gonna eat whatever well, if you eat like trash, you're going to feel like trash and mm-hmm. then you're not going to like how you feel and everything else that comes with it. And you have to exercise. And the older you get, the more important those two things are. And they really matter. So you grow up thinking, I can't wait to be free and do whatever just to become an adult and realize that you're going to force yourself to do those things. Yep. Yep. That's so true. And speaking of food, recognizing how much food costs oh yeah like I don't know what was I bought something recently and I was like really surprised at how much it cost Mm -hmm. I can't remember what it was I wish I remembered but like I don't know it's like you go pick up a couple items at the grocery store and like now I know better because I'm an adult but I remember when I first moved out and I was at like I think I was 18 or 19 one of the two Um, but I went and did like my first grocery shopping trip. And because the place that I was living in had nobody else living there besides me and someone else, like we were doing our first grocery shopping trip. And so it was way expensive. And we had to get like all of the things you don't think about when you first move out, like toilet paper. Mm -hmm. I remember getting there and moving all my stuff in and going to go pee and being like, oh, I don't. I don't have any toilet paper mm-hmm. and so like things to remember and then when I now we're going into a full adulting story because now I'm on a rant um when I first moved in in like that first 24 hours I somehow got the stomach flu and so I got super super sick mm-hmm. it was not well but I had nothing that I needed there like I had no I had not moved in towels yet So I remember getting into the shower, trying to somehow feel better and then recognizing that I had no freaking towel to like dry (laughs) off with. And it's just like, there's, there's an order of operations that you learn in adulthood that you don't think about until you've had to experience something the hard way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Like when you get sick, but you're living, but on your own. So you have to take care of yourself and then you realize how much it matters to be living with your family and be taken care of. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And like, I kind of think if I, I don't think I've ever been like really sick living by my own, which is probably great. But I, even when I get sick now as an adult, it's like, depending on what's going on, sometimes I don't, I don't really care and I move on past it. But if I've got, if I've got the STEMI, STEMI, the stomach bug where I like my belly feels all weird and I feel like I might barf. Mm-hmm. I am like a, a baby about it. Like I will just sit there and not move and I won't do anything in hopes that it will go away. And then if it sticks around long enough, then I'm like, okay, it's time for this to happen. I just got to get it over with, but I will still, I will still want my mom, you know, like I mm-hmm. still wish my mom could just bring me a drink and rub my back, you know, like, in adulting 
you still need your mom. Yeah, I agree. Honestly, that's one of the adulting things too, is like realizing that you like when you're younger, you can't wait to move out and like be independent and be free and have no rules. And then you realize how much your family does for you and how comfortable and nice it is to live with them, have them pay things, pay for things, have them stock all the medicines and all the food and how good you had it. And that's another adulthood thing that is shocking. Right, right. Adulthood, it's it's kind of the worst, yeah, in some ways, but it's also kind of the best. And so, like I, I said, I'll say that because, we'll do some of the best, yeah. And I remember being like maybe a teenager and thinking, I can't wait to have my own job, have my own place, be by myself, and not because my family was bad at all, but I just have always been very independent. I love having alone time. I don't get sick of it. Like, I love it. And I have to say that, yes, there's a lot of things that suck, but I don't know. I feel like there's people that say, I would give anything to be a kid again. I would give anything to stay young, like stay frozen at this age or 25 or something, but not to like be a kid again. I, with everything that it comes with, I still love being independent, living by myself, having a job. Like I love all of that still. Oh, for sure. Like some of my favorite things about adulthood is I remember, I remember pretty early on when I recognized that I could use my, my adult money, if you will, however I wanted to, and recognizing that I could like go get a treat when I wanted to get a treat. Like I didn't have to be like, oh, can like, can, can we go get ice cream tonight? Like I could go get ice cream tonight if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And that was really exciting and also a really terrible thing because when I first recognized that I gained so much weight because it was like, Ooh, I can go get a treat or mm-hmm. Ooh, I can go to the gas station and buy junk food if I want to, because it's my own money. Yeah. I, I love, love that feeling too, a lot. And just knowing that my schedule and everything is up to me. Like I can manage my, like my time, my money and everything and say, okay, I know the best that I do is going to bed at 10. Like that's the best. That's how I operate the best. But if I want to take some sleeping hours out of my sleeping bank, I just need to manage it better another day. But I can do this thing and like stay up and watch a movie or it's something that it's not going to make me feel good. But like, you know what I mean? Like I love that feeling of I manage my own things. Mm -hmm. I never get tired of that. Yep. And I, I remember even feeling kind of that same way recently when I moved into the apartment by myself and it was like this weird because after I was married for a long time and I was with someone for a long time. And so then when you're on your own again, it's like this weird, mm-hmm. rejuvenating, very exciting feeling of like, I can do what I want. And mm-hmm. so it was like coming into that same adulting moment again. And I remember staying up super late and like just doing whatever I wanted and watching a show that I wanted and like totally taking advantage of what it meant to be completely independent and being able to do what you want because now we're an adult. Mm -hmm. So that's totally, there's definitely good. There's definitely good. Yeah. 
Definitely. What other things? Oh, I think another thing is I always wanted to have a job. Like I've been wanting to like have a nine to five, not a nine to five. Like I always wanted to do other things also, but also like having my own job on my own money, but I didn't realize how much, how much goes into having a job. Maybe now that we work from home, it's different too, but like you have to get up early just to get ready, then drive to work, then eat there. So you have to prepare the food to go there and then mm-hmm. come back. And then you're tired for like a little bit. So I feel like I didn't realize how big of a deal it is to have a job and keep the job for sure for sure and then like having to afford the wardrobe for the job and I think that this is this is another adulting thing that I've learned over the years is that in in my position we have to dress you know professionally if you will and a lot of times like I don't like to put a lot of money into buying clothes because I just am a cheap cheap person Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I've learned that if I'm going to buy work clothes or buy clothes that look nice, I feel like there is a very borderline between being thrifty and being too cheap. And so Mm -hmm. I recognize that there are a bunch of shirts that I've bought at places like Ross or TJ Maxx simply because they were so cheap. It's like a $7 shirt. And while it looks cute, you wash it once and then it's like, it's done, you know, like it's that one material that I can't even, I don't know the name of it, but it's a certain material that like shrinks and just like discolors quickly. And so I've learned that you definitely have to find the middle ground when buying like certain wardrobe items, because you can't be too cheap, you know, it it won't work out because then you end up having to buy more, you know, you're buying something twice as much. Whereas if you would have spent just a little bit more money, then it will last you longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Honestly, I the least adulting thing that I do is that I actually love to spend my money on clothes. I love buying clothes. I have way too many clothes. And, um, and yeah, that's... us to dress like that like they literally don't care like we don't see anyone we're just like looking into things and stuff right she's another that's another assumption i always assume that once you have a job it doesn't matter what job you have um you are going to have to dress like that like heels and like suits and things like that and i found out that it really depends on your job like there's a lot of jobs that don't require you to dress like that at all including my own (laughs) right right well and that's that's another funny thing is that um you know every a lot of people moved home Mm -hmm. because of covid and we're working from home and so now that you know people are getting vaccinated i'm hearing of more places that are starting to shift back to the office And I made a joke to my boss the other day that I was going to need our company to basically give me money so that I can buy new pants because, you know, I don't know if it's just me, but living in the quarantine life and working from home means that my home fridge is a lot closer and I tend to make too many trips to that fridge. And so now my pants, they no fit. They no fit. Yeah. Yep, I agree. It's kind of sad. 
I think it'll take a long time to go back to work. I, I don't know. I mean, how are you seeing it? Are people going back already? I don't know. Some I'm hearing that some are, but it's like, I don't know. Who knows? I would prefer not to just because I've gotten used to working at home and like it, but you know, I'll do whatever I got to do, you know, but yeah, but yeah, I'm not thrilled to, to go buy work pants, even though every time I go, go look at like a, like a work pant, mm-hmm. I'm recognizing that everywhere you look, it's like, I, I, it's all that four-way stretch type stuff. Like work pants are no longer what work pants used to look like. Everything's a pull-on pant mm-hmm. or a, a four-way stretch pant. And so I know that I'm not alone in needing to find a more comfortable work pant after living the COVID life, but it's just, it's funny to see how that has now had an impression on the way that we dress. Like Mm -hmm. there's definitely fewer dressier clothes in the stores. And now there's more like comfy comfort clothes at the stores. You know, everyone wants sweats these days and I am 100% behind it put me down for the sweats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something that I'm liking. Definitely. I'm all for comfortable clothes. In fact, I remember when I first started going to job fairs or had to dress like nicely for things. And the first thing that I bought was actually a pencil skirt because I always thought they look so cute in the movies, which this is another adulting thing. I feel like you always think when you grow up, you're going to dress up like the movies and then you realize how uncomfortable that is and everything and that you have to spend the entire day in those clothes and then you're like let me rethink jeans those look really nice right now but I bought a pencil skirt and then I was looking at my male counterparts and I was like they look so comfy in those pants and I was like "Hmm, maybe I'll leave the pencil skirts for someone else but I think I want to go back to it but just knowing now that they're not comfortable oh yeah it's so true or like the one beef that I always have is that I like to buy blazers. I don't know what it is about a good blazer, but it just makes too. me so happy. Mm. So I've got a bunch. And then I was just out shopping last week and I saw a bunch more and I wanted to buy more. But then I was like, whoa, Sarah, slow mm. down. But the one complaint that I have is that you buy a woman's blazer and more often than not, there is either not a pocket in the blazer or if there is it's tiny and it's the same thing with our pants how come women's pants don't have pockets that are really usable like you look at a man's pant and the pockets in that thing are freaking insane you could put your your hands in them up to your freaking elbows but a woman's pocket we can't even fit our cell phone in there you know like Mm -hmm. give me pockets I want pocket equality pocket equality now yeah, yeah, I I agree. So are you a skirt person or a pants person at work? Oh, I am a pants person, like, oh, probably like 90% of the time. And it's mostly because of, I just get like self-conscious about my legs. Mm-hmm. That's like an area of self-esteem that I'm constantly ping-ponging in just because I don't love my legs. And so that's something that I'm constantly working on. And I I try to be better about it. And I try to embrace myself and all that jazz. But it's just so much easier to just wear pants and like hide them. Mm -hmm. But I also love pants because I 
I feel very mobile in them and I can like get around and like I don't have to worry about like dropping something and having to like squat awkwardly to pick it up because I don't want to reveal to the world my treasures mm-hmm. and so it's like yeah I think I'm mostly a pants person but I do sometimes also agree I see the pencil skirt and I see the high heels and I see like the cute little top that goes with it and it just feels so right and so I do sometimes wear a skirt but I usually will pair it with nylons because nylons are so freaking uncomfortable I hate them but for some reason just that little tiny layer makes me feel like I don't know a little bit more secure in myself it makes me feel like I'm like tucked in more I guess yeah but but yeah I would say I'm more of a more of a pants gal yeah and I honestly I love pants like dressy pants on women I think they look really cute and sexy I totally do too like a woman's pants too I you know I just got done talking about how work from home you know you know pants feel a little bit more comfortable because we can wear jeans with a nice top or whatever but a woman's pantsuit I also would not be bothered if I had to wear that every day I just feel like I just feel empowered you know and I I used to have the nickname at work shoulder pads Mm -hmm. because I'm the one that would come in with my blazers that still have them sewn in Mm -hmm. and I just I don't know if I was wearing shoulder pads I felt like I was ready to take it on yeah ready to take on the day so I don't know there I, I at least for me I feel like there is something psychological about getting dressed up and so I feel like there is still value in doing that I suppose yeah I agree I I don't know maybe and here's the thing too is like for example you work at a place where they require you to wear dressy clothes for me, it's the other way around. So sometimes I feel like I really want to dress up. Like I go to the office sometimes once a month, sometimes every week, once, like once a week. And sometimes I feel like, well, for the one time a week that I'm going to leave my place to go somewhere, I want to dress up in business attire. To be honest with you, people would look at me weird. Like no one dresses up. It's mm-hmm. a very like, it's not weird to see someone wearing leggings or jeans and a bad hoodie like that's the other so sometimes I wish that I worked in an environment where it would be okay to wear heels or a pencil skirt or even a blazer just a blazer and it would be very shocking and for me I feel like I've been trying to we've said this before like I've been trying to dress up a little more just to make myself feel better because being at home all day is like not great for that and for the one opportunity that I have, I just know that it would be awkward. Um, so yeah, I mean, something is like too much of a good thing is not a good. That's true. I totally get that. Yeah. But yeah, any other adulting surprises? Adulting 101. I'm trying to think of other surprises. Things like getting your oil changed, like car maintenance. One of those adulting surprises that just creeps up on you. Like I... Yeah. I need to get a new windshield mm-hmm. and I've been putting it off because I feel like as soon as I buy a new windshield for my car, I'll get another rock chip. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that I've put it off this far because I have gotten three and two of them have been in like the last week. 
Mm-hmm. So I guess adulting tip is like maybe wait a little while if you get a rock chip because chances are you're gonna get another one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe that's like incredibly irresponsible and people would tell me that's a terrible idea. But yeah. growing up, my dad was always like, don't fix it until it's a problem, which I feel like is too far the other direction because mm-hmm. it made things more of a problem. But try to find the middle ground, I say. Mm-hmm. Yep. I I agree. And thinking to what you said, yeah, the oil, the oil in the car. I feel like not just that, but just it seems like every new commitment that you acquire as an adult, like a car, for example, just comes with so much more than it seemed like. Like the warranty is going to expire one day. There's this thing called the engine light, which is a big deal. Like mm-hmm. the oil, like when you get a house there's so much more to a house than it seemed like when we were younger like you pay for everything there's taxes on it there's insurance that you need to get like it just seems like there's so many more like things that come with every single little thing that would be like right like maintenance things maintenance things things that you just learn when they happen but you didn't know yeah yeah and like same with pets like Mm -hmm like so I've talked about it before I have a little leopard gecko and I don't know he's like the best freaking pet ever because he just sits in his little tank and does his thing and I can leave him for a week but even then like you have to think about the cost that comes with a pet mm-hmm. and both like monetary costs but also time costs in terms of like if you're getting an animal you should be spending time with it that way it's like you know you're doing the right thing right. but also I feel like it makes a difference in terms of how that works out for you overall. But that's another adulting thing where like, I remember I always wanted to get like all these dogs or like, I wanted to get a pig for a while just because I think they're adorable. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you get looking into the adulting costs that go into that. And like the cost of vet bills or the cost of taking them places or like their food, like my parents, have a little Jack Russell Terrier I love her so dearly she's adorable but she has like digestive issues and all sorts of other weird stomach issues and so she needs like a special kind of dog food and then they also make her um like veggies that go with it and she has like a whole whole thing and so the adulting that goes into feeding that dog I'm just like way too lazy for that Mm-hmm. and so it's one of those things like if you're getting a pet pets are great but you have to consider it that way it stays a good a good thing for you and a good thing for the pet you know yeah and I'm glad you said that because so I have a friend and I keep pressuring her into getting a dog and she said even like you pressure in her, but not as much because I know she's not ready, but she was like, I just know that I don't have the time and the patience to do everything that a dog requires. And you don't see that many people thinking that way. Like, I agree with what you're saying. Having pets is not all that easy. Like, especially if you have like a larger animal, like a dog, like he needs to stay at a boarding place every single time I travel. He, I go to Spain, I need to arrange for him to be on all three planes with me. Like he has medication if he gets sick. The vet is not cheap at all. Like there's all these things that are going to have in a pet and yeah, that you don't even know about. And 
there's accidents, things you, you can't even foresee and you don't know how much they cost until you have to pay for them. Right. And like the same thing about like hobbies in general, like you come up with this hobby, like I wanted, so I started painting and it was one of those hobbies where I was like, this is great. This doesn't cost that much. And then before I know it, I'm buying like canvases and I'm having to buy, I bought a bunch of oil paint and with oil painting, you have to have, um, what is it called? Like turpentine. It's like a, it's like a paint thinner. Mm-hmm. And so then I bought paint thinner. But the funny thing about paint thinner is that you can't throw it away. It's not something you can just throw in your trash. Oh. You have to take it to like an actual dump. And so now I've got this freaking bottle of like used paint thinner that just sits in my garage because I've got, I don't know what else to do with it besides mm-hmm. like an adulting, the dump. Let's talk about the dump and adulting because you have to make like an entire trip out to the dump and then you have to pay to throw away your garbage Mm. realizing that you had to pay to take things to the dump was probably an adulting moment for me where I was like oh wait so what is the other alternative like if you don't want to pay then what if you don't want to pay then it's like you want to try and put it in your trash can that you're already paying for and there was a time here's a here's a good story and I have lots of good adulting stories Mm. there was a time that uh Brock and I had a sofa and we decided it was time to get rid of the sofa. We were done with it. It was like a leather sofa. Um, it's like a three-seater type of thing. And we were like, we don't have a truck. And so we have to like ask to borrow someone's truck or rent a truck to take this thing to the dump. And so we have to pay for a truck and we have to pay to go to the dump and that's a pain in the butt. And so we were like, what if we just cut this thing up and put pieces of it in the trash slowly so we don't have to pay for it and I was like this sounds like a freaking great idea and because it was a leather couch at the time I had one of those um like wood burning leather burning pens and so I was like this is cool we can use the leather from the couch for crafting and we can save all like the the stuffing that goes in the couch and I can like make pillows out of them or like I can find a way to like reduce reuse recycle Mm -hmm. and so it sounds like a really cool idea and I, I wish that this podcast was a way that I could share photos because I have a really hilarious photo of us having ripped the leather and the cushioning off of the sofa. So it's down to like the weird skeleton wood part of the sofa that we had intended on like axing apart into smaller chunks. And we got down to that section and realized that this sofa was a really great sofa that was reinforced with like rebar. So like this type of metal that goes through the wood. So we could not cut it up. So now (laughs) we had this weird skeleton sofa thing sitting in our garage and we still ended up having to borrow someone's truck to take it to the dump because we could not cut it apart. And it's like, there was like no real other alternative to getting rid of it. You know, if we, if you live in a home where you just have a little trash can instead of a dumpster that you can dump something in, you're, you're left with taking something to the dump. And that was a pain. Oh my God. You know, I get that there are some things that of course you need to pay for it, but I have a problem when things that I feel like that's what taxes should be for. We also need to pay for, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you're getting like the double. 
Yeah, like there are parts that are part of living and that's kind of why we pay taxes. So our city is run and some services should be included. I'm not saying if you abuse them, they should be included, but I think that we're paying taxes to create an infrastructure that that supports our life. And I feel like a lot of those things we end up paying extra for. See, I remember one thing, adulting again. <laughs> one time I was living by the U. So I don't know if it's exclusively for that area or what, but they were saying they sent us like a little letter saying that for that year, they were going to raise taxes 0.5% just so they could fund the fixing of the roads, which were pretty bad around 13 East. They were pretty bad. And they were, and I was like, so what are you spending the taxes that we're already paying if it's not to fix a road that is literally a main road? And the other thing is they say, we're going to raise them this year. Next thing you know, they don't bring it back down. That's right, just, right. they tell you why they need to raise it this year. And then it never comes back down and it just keeps rising. And, I was like, isn't that like the main thing that everyone is like, okay, if it's for that, I'll pay it. And it's to fix the roads and the infrastructure of the city. So mm -hmm. why do we need to pay a single cent more? That's exactly what you should be doing with our money. Right, right. And it's like, I don't know. It's yep, adulting, adulting. Mm -hmm. Because it's one of those things where it's like, in the grand scheme of things, you recognize just how expensive everything actually is. And that like, like the dump, for example, like there's a cost associated to the dump for processing all this garbage. And you look at how that cost is associated worldwide with like, now that they have this garbage, like what the hell are we going to do with it? Like, where are we going to put it? And so it's like, you've got dumping in freaking the ocean or you have dumping in like weird places where they're trying to bury it. Or I think they even like dispel some of it out in space. And that's just freaking insane. Oh my God. And it's just like garbage is a problem, which is why I got on a whole thing, adulting 101. I got on a whole thing trying to be very, very conscientious about waste and how much we actually produce in waste as humans. Mm -hmm. but it became something that was so psychologically overwhelming to me that it, I would be like driving around and I would see cars and I would see all the cars sitting on a lot. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like look at all these cars. Like if I trade in a car today, like, and, and my car doesn't get sold to someone, it's got to go to a facility where then it gets out all the parts to try and scrap the parts. And then it has to be recycled then as well. Like in, I, it just got to the point where everywhere I looked, I was seeing a form of waste and that was really, really difficult for me. And so now I've like flip-flopped back to the other side where I'm not doing enough in terms of being probably socially responsible to, to not be wasteful, you know, like I need to, I need to jump back over to the other side a little bit, but, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's like, you don't realize how adulting brings in social responsibility and how you should be doing certain things to like benefit your peers and it's just it's adulting's hard adulting mm -hmm. is hard and there's new things that keep coming because I feel like once you get comfortable in your late 20s and you're like I got this then it's like oh wait but then you make it married the ones are comfortable with that it's like oh I may have kids like 
you just you never get comfortable once you reach that level it's like you just keep right. on to new levels of challenge right right I yep there's always new levels of challenge and wow. that is the one thing that I find consistent in adulting and life in general is that there is always a new challenge around the corner but like we said earlier you know it's not always a bad thing it's not always a bad thing yeah I agree adulting I feel good I feel like I was able to get some things off my chest I know we should be able to just like a whining session a <laughs> let it out venting session every other month just yeah yeah I just had to get it out exactly yes. and I feel like it's one of those things where everyone has the experience of coming into adulting and having that certain thing that jumped out of them and they're just like oh, crap like this doesn't feel fair even though like in the long term of things obviously it's like one of those things where we're like oh it's fair. Mm-hmm. the reaction where you're like oh, this isn't fair I yep yep everyone's had that and you got to get it out you, you just have to process it you have to whine about it for a brief moment yeah so to everyone feeling like what am I doing what's going on we're all in the same boat trust me we are in it together find your peers have an adulting complaint party yeah this felt great <laughs> wine and wine wine and wine <laughs> wine and wine I feel like it is the most accurate example mm-hmm. of an adulting complaint party you wine and wine yeah love this it good. thanks for joining us and listening to our our wine session mm-hmm. And I hope that it both sparked rage in you as you thought of some of the things that you wanted to complain about, but also released some of your stressors because you recognize that we all want to complain about it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I hope that you share some of your shocking adult <laughs> like, truths in on our Instagram so that we can all relate to each other. Yes, we're at podcast underscore there you grow. Mm-hmm. Yep, so we'll see you there. Thanks for joining us. Bye.